Today we have certain people who are brave enough to put their life on the line for good and to die to do what they want to do, and that is to expose the darkness to their fellow man. And what happens to them? They go to prison and they die in prison, or they are found guilty of treason. And uh, so you have a young man, what was his name, the, uh, the young guy who told us about the NSA, the National Security State, NSA, what they were doing to the American people. Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden. And this young man puts his life on the line and stands up like a man for all of the people, the males in this country who are not men, but are effeminate goofballs who are watching their ball games and drinking their beer and going to the work and crawling on their knees and crawling on their knees continually to their masters. You've got a young man who decided to stand up like a man and tell the truth, tell the people of America what their government is really doing to them. He should be honored as a great American who did something that no other man would do and no other man would stand out like that. And so for that, he's being, you know, he's being sought after to be put into prison and he's called a treasonous traitor. It's just amazing to me how children are afraid of the dark and adults are afraid of the light. And so that's where we are today. I'm trying basically to say that the story in the New Testament you read about Jesus is just a symbolic story about the war between light and darkness, and light and darkness in relation to the earth as the light of the sun in relation to the darkness of night. And so that's why all the evil creatures in the movies are always wearing black. They always wear black robes and black hoods. And, and doing things in the dark is always related to being black and being in the dark. And good things are all the things that are done in the, in the light. And so that's the bottom line on Christianity. It is not a historical study. A historical story based on historical facts. We now know that Jesus as a man actually never lived, but that is okay because when you start to do the research, most people don't do that kind of reading for years and years and researching this, the subject. But if you go back into history, you will begin to see that all of the so-called important religious figures in the world, none of them ever existed. There's a lot of talk today about Muhammad as a possible, as a possibly not existing himself. Muhammad may not have even existed. There are some Islamic scholars that are now questioning the very veracity of the existence of Muhammad as a historical figure. <clears throat> the more we find out about religion, the more we find out that these are these are organized belief systems based on the teachings of secret societies. Very powerful groups get together behind the world scene and come up with stories and they start feeding those stories through the magazines, through books, through television, through movies. And before you know it, 
<clears throat> like uh, the Nazi propaganda minister said that in order to mislead the people, you, you lie to them. But tell the lie over and over and over again until finally the world has finally accepted the lie as truth. And now you don't have to fool with them anymore. The people will believe whatever it is that you've been telling them, they'll believe it. Because after all, everybody knows it's true. We've heard it for years and years. No, you've been propagandized for years and years. And keeping in mind, as the Germans said, propaganda does not deceive you. Propaganda helps you to deceive yourself. You're the one that bought into it. You're the one that believed it. You're the one that did not use your mind to think about what you were being taught when you were a child because that's why, that's when they're teaching you your religious beliefs. When you're a child, that's why, that's why the Judaism, Christianity, and Islam have such an incredible effort to teach their children, to protect their children, and to teach their children what their belief system is so that when they grow up, they will continue to believe it. And nobody seems to have questioned, as I've said so many times in the past, why do you believe what you believe? You don't know for sure. Because we say we believe in Jesus. We believe in Christianity. That, In other words, you don't know but you believe. Why do you believe? Whatever it is you say you believe in in relation to theology and religion is because of where you were born. Very simple. If you were born in Africa, then your belief system will be based on African religions. If you were born in the middle of China, then your belief system will be based on the culture of China. If you were born in Russia, then you would believe according to the Russian beliefs of Orthodox. So it just depends on where you happen to have been born as to what it is you say you believe. It never occurred to you your beliefs are given to you as a child. You had no knowledge of any history. You had no knowledge of anything. You just bought into it. <clears throat> And one day somebody explains it to you where it actually came from. And then at that point you can say, oh, I see. It just dawned on me. Right. In other words, finally some intellectual and spiritual enlightenment came into your mind. And now you finally see what you have been taught was not true. It was a metaphor. It was a symbolic story. And you took it to be fact. And when you take something to be fact, as Christianity does, this is why you have 4,000 different Christian uh, ideas and concepts around the world, different denominations of Christianity, and they all have a different belief system. <clears throat> why? Because nobody has the real truth. Everybody believes, but nobody seems to know for sure. <clears throat> well, now, uh, now it, it seems that the world is now entering into the age of forgetting the belief systems, and we're seeing it where the world is turning away from religions, and in doing so, they're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. 
because Christianity has misled so many people into thinking that this is true, the story of Christianity and Jesus as true historical fact, and the more people educate themselves and go to universities and do the research and become scientifically interested in the history of the world, they begin to see that these stories are not true. And therefore, they throw away the baby with the bathwater. They say, forget it. We don't, we don't care about Jesus anymore. We don't care about Christianity anymore. Well, that's the church's fault because the church has presented the story as a history when there was no history. And it has not taught the people to think in terms of spiritually understanding with spiritual eyes to understand as a metaphor, a symbolic metaphor. And therefore, mankind is on its own. The church has provided no help to the human family to figure anything out. The synagogues of Judaism are uh, Jews are on their each one is, uh, is, is on his own because the synagogues and Judaism as a whole has provided zero nothing of any intrinsic human value for anyone to understand anything about life itself <clears throat> and so all of these different religions eventually become tribal belief systems tribal systems, we're Republicans, we're Democrats, we're Jews, we're Christians, we're Islamic, we're Muhammad, we're followers of Muhammad. Nobody seems to realize that when everybody believes something, everybody is thinking the same thing. That means nobody's thinking at all. That's the problem. Nobody has questioned what they believe. Islams will kill you. Because they believe that this is what their religion tells them to do. And Christianity is involved. Uh, as a matter of fact, Christianity has given birth to two world wars. The incredible wars of this world, besides the two greatest world wars, were fought within lands of Christendom mm-hmm. in Europe, <clears throat> where they talk about Jesus and the church. Well, that's, and the, and the Roman Empire gave us Christianity. Well, today we talk about the Holy Roman Empire, and that is Nazi Germany. Germany has always been understood to be the center for the Holy Roman Empire. And so in Germany has given us two world wars, and now we're heading for another horrible conflagration. It's going to be a horrible and terrible world if we go to war because the whole earth is going to be involved in this. And it's why? Because of what we believe. We don't know for sure. So that's what I'm trying to do is try and wake up people. (laughs) Wake the human race up to the fact that what you believe is because of where you were born. And it all based on Christianity and Judaism, which is based on Hinduism the worship of the heavens. And then obviously it's the worship of the heavens. Ask any child where God is, they'll show, they'll point up into the heavens. And then the morning when the sun comes up, <clears throat> when you point up into the sky, you're pointing it to heaven. It's called heavens, the heavens. Well, God's son, the only begotten son of God is in heaven. 
was true theoretically the sun is in heaven and so when you die you're going to go with with god's son into heaven no when you die you're going into hell because hell is a place is a word in in the english which comes from a from a phoenician canaanite word uh sheol sheol is what hebrews call hell sheol to a hebrew is a grave Anything that dies, if you put it into a grave, mankind's common grave is called Sheol, or rendered in Greek, hell. And so that's where we go when we die. We go into hell. That's why Jesus went into hell. The scripture said when he died, he went into hell. Well, hell is a grave. Sheol, look, look it up. And so... Uh, as I said, I have spent some 60 years looking at the, at the history of theology and religion and realizing, as I did many, many years ago, back in 1959, in 1959, I began to really take an interest in the lies and the deception and the misunderstandings of politics and banking and government and sociological problems that people were having with their marriage breaking up, the kids are on drugs, there's a lot of lawlessness and incredible ignorance and stupidity. Uh, I have just decided I wanted to talk to the world and try and have people think for the first time about where things have come from, where do their ideas arrive from, where, what do the words actually mean in etymology, tracing back the concepts and ideas of the world? And that's where we are today. We're an ignorant, ill-informed people of the world, and we're all being led. We're being led into wars and violence and the destruction of civilization. <clears throat> and I'm trying desperately to just show the people of the world who want to know, and obviously there's not a whole lot of people who want to know because they already know. Most people feel they already know everything they need to know about everything. They're Catholic and that's it. Anything that's not Catholic is, you know, is, is against God. Or mm -hmm. if you're a Muslim, they don't need to know anything. Anybody who doesn't love Muhammad and crawl on his knees to the moon god Allah, uh, should be put to death. <clears throat> except the Jews, and the Jews are God's chosen people. Obviously, they are the only ones that have a relationship with God on the earth and in the heavens, period. And all of these things are belief systems. Nobody understands or knows. They believe. And belief is an incredible thing. And, and we talk about faith and have no idea where the word faith really comes from and what it means. And, and my God, we, we use terms every day in theology and religion and government have no idea what they mean or where they've come from or what they're actually saying. When we hear the word democracy being bandied around in America, we think of democracy. That means every man has an opportunity to say what he wishes and to, you know, believe what he wants and choose for himself. That's not what democracy means. It doesn't mean that. There are two kinds of democracy. There is a 
classic democracy coming out of the ancient Greek world before the Roman Empire ever existed. And now there is something we have today which is called a classic or corporate democracy. We have in America a corporate democracy, and that's what's being promoted all over the world. Democracy in, in the world that we live in is a corporate democracy. It's a business. Well, point of it's fact, a, let, me, let me ask you a question here. Because, point of fact, my understanding of the classic Greek philosophy that, uh, that, that gives birth to that word um, is, is effectively, I mean, for, for lack of a better phrase here, is effectively mob rules. Now, that means that the majority can make a decision, and that's that. Uh, that's right. That's right. And and that is mob that is literally what the mob rules means. The majority of the mob, if they make a decision, that's all there is to it. It doesn't matter what the uh law says. Law, the mor the morality, the ethos of the pe it, it is irrelevant because it is just the will of the people. So right. you know, if, if they decide that listen, cannibalism is just fine among the majority, that's that. That's uh right. that's the way it'll be. And now this is kind of interesting to me because when it was more of a tribal situation, when you had smaller numbers of people, actually a democracy makes sense. Because, look, if you got 10, 12, 20, 30, 100 people, most times you would figure that the majority of them would not make the poor decision, right? But by default, the majority of the people are also not among the smartest of the people. See, th th this is the thing that, that always disturbs me when I hear the word democracy, because I think about it that way. But these people that are talking about it now are not even referring to that. They're, they're not even remotely referring to that. They're evoking it. They're trying to give you the concept that it means that everybody has a say, uh, uh, which, which sounds all good and positive until, you know, I mean, I hate to make a joke of it, Jordan, but, I mean, the reality is, that the majority of people are not the smartest of people. It's just that simple. It's so true. you're asking for the rule by the dumbest people to be That's made right. for everything. And this is not, <laughs> this is not wise. Okay. That's why America looks like it does today. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, that, but the thing is when they throw it around now, it's just meant to tell you you have a voice and it's a deception in and of itself. Um, which I think is the point you were making. Now, another point I want to make here really quickly, because you always suggest wonderful reading material to me, and if I can find a way, I'm not sure if I can figure out a way to share these books with you uh, or, or to get copies of them once again for myself, but a Catholic philosopher, believe it or not, uh, who, who talks about nonviolence and uh, wrote, wrote two very interesting politically-based books uh, about uh, JFK and also about Gandhi. They're both called JFK and the Unspeakable and Gandhi and the Unspeakable. James Douglas um, is a rather interesting fellow. Um, he's also been deeply involved in uh, nonviolent resistance to uh, nuclear weapons and a lot of other things. It, it, it's fascinating to me, and I've spoken to this man, uh, on, on many occasions, and, and I don't have his phone number currently, but would love to get back in touch with him. Um, he seemed to transcend, although he's a, a devout Catholic. I mean, literally, uh, his, him and his wife run one of the Catholic houses, so to speak, and all that. Um, but when he talks about this concept of, of, of dark and light, 
engaged with one another and battling one another. The titles of those two books, and he wrote several others, by the way, The Peaceful Cross and uh, some, something else, uh, the, the, uh, the Nonviolent Coming of God, or I, I, I forget those titles. If you look them up, James Douglas, you'll find them. But uh, very interesting because he codifies the adversarial mechanism on the planet that uh that that he believes basically uh, uh was the force that jumped up and took JFK uh at a time when he was turning toward peace uh that jumped up and took Gandhi who was the exemplar of nonviolent resistance uh is is what he describes as the unspeakable which is a term that was coined by a, by a, a catholic monk many years ago when he took a vow of silence and wrote letters to everybody across the planet it's a whole story but um it is fascinating to me that even when the man is trying to break it down to its most basic values, that uh, it includes darkness, but is not darkness in and of itself, that there is more to it. And I think this is where uh, uh, sometimes I, I feel strange thinking about just the battle between light and dark, because point of fact, again, we have the ability to battle darkness, Right. We have the ability to put light into darkness. We can light a city now. We have the technology. We have the capability. We have the, the, and, and this is, is metaphorical as well as, uh, uh, you know, just physical real world everyday commonality. We can light the world anytime we want. Okay. It is by choice that darkness exists where it does. Because again, we have the capability. But there are other things to this that don't seem to have words. You see, we have the words for the battle of light and darkness, but there's this adversarial extra other presence that comes along with it and wields darkness as part of its weapons. It's not the only weapon, but it's part of its weapons, you know, uh, along with uh, the suffering and tortures of man and the things that build up anger that seem to come from nowhere and all of that and the divisiveness, the, the, the turning one another on each other, even in the daylight. It, it It's one of those things that I also think is represented in the biblical metaphors. The idea that there is the struggle... Watching, yes, darkness claim light and then light claim darkness once again. Sure, this is the back and forth, but that's always going to happen. It is what happens outside of that paradigm, right? Once you understand that this is the back and forth, it'll always be this way. Or it'll always be this way for as long as there's us here to sit and think about it. Because as you've stated many times, no sun, no life, (laughs) right? So without that battle... We're not here anyway. Too much sun, we're going to burn up too. That's the other thing. So you know, you got to kind of spread it around. Um. So light and darkness have their purpose, but there's there's something other here, and I, I hope that maybe in a later episode we could discuss that other thing, that adversarial thing that is the space between the stars, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I offer this, and I want to I want to share some of this stuff with you. If I get a chance, I'm definitely going to find a way to uh, to get us some copies of his work, and uh, I urge people to take a look at it as well. And uh, you know, if there's a way we can uh, 
I'm, I'm going to see about contacting them too, just to see in general. And if I can share it with you, I'd like you to take a look at it and uh, look at this concept of what he calls the unspeakable. Um, again, it wasn't invented. The term wasn't invented by him, but he sort of explains it. And uh, it's it's interesting to me that occasionally you see a guy like this who takes the lessons, believes the lessons, but somehow also sees past them at the same time. Um, they're very, very rare. Most people just take the children's Bible version of things. You right. think, you know, uh, I've been taught not to steal because this is what happens when you steal. And I've been taught that if you tell the truth, eventually it'll all pay off because at the end of the day, you know, Christ ascends to heaven and he is redeemed and, and, and through his suffering, so are we. And I, I, I get all that, but it goes a lot further than the children's book version, you know. So uh, uh, th- this is the depth that you're starting to visit here with the astrotheology question, I think. And anyway, I'm, I know that's a long way to go around, but... I think it's uh, I think it's worthy of mentioning that there is more to it, and uh, the depth by which you will discover that you, the listener, not you, Jordan, uh, is is absolutely dependent upon your willingness to keep going. Um, if you want to study this, if you really truly want to understand this, you've got to go past. The cover of the book. You've got to go past the first chapter. You know, not literally the book itself, but what I'm saying is you've got to read not only the lines, but between them. And you've got to read every page, and you've got to lay them side by side and figure out why the timeline makes sense, even though it's not a historical timeline. There is a timeline. There is a journey. There is an understanding, and there's a lot of philosophical ways to begin to get at this. But it all comes down to a universal truth, I think, Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. But what do, you, what do you think of my thoughts? As you're, you're you're inspiring these, by the way, as you're speaking. I just want you to know that. But well, I'm letting you know in real time where my mind is going as I'm listening to you. Well, this is why <clears throat> we have in courts <clears throat> we have the twelve juror system, where you have twelve of your fellow men come in. And they're going to help bring to light the truth. Right. They're going to help bring the truth to light. And so they put their minds together. They hear the evidence on both sides. And they're going to think about it as a group. As a group of humans, they give them. That's the idea in a court. So you let them, all 12 of them, sit and talk among themselves. And let them work it out and see what they think is the actual truth of the matter. And if they need more evidence, then they will tell the judge and they will give you more time and provide you with whatever it is you need. Because if there's a problem with your thinking, uh, the bottom line is in the court, you have 12 jurors who are going to help bring to truth the light. They're going to bring the light of truth to this dark situation. And so that's why you have them in a courtroom. There's 12 jurors because the 12 jurors represent the 12 months of the year. This is why Jesus had 12 apostles and the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 symbols on the breastplate of the high priest of Israel. The 12 represents the 12 months of the year, and each month was 30 days, and there were 12 of them, 360 days, 
and it was divided into 12 separate months, and each one represented one of the constellations of the zodiac, the 12 symbols of the zodiac. And so the 12 symbols of the zodiac ended up being the 12 helpers of light. They helped God's son spread his light. And so the 12 signs of the zodiac are the 12 months of the year, like the 12 jurors in a jury system. They help to bring to light the truth that has been covered in darkness. And so that's why we have the 12 apostles, because it represents 12 months of the year, which is actually helping God's son, the light of the world, to shed his light. He, uh, he's, he's doing it through January and February and March and April. Each one of the apostles are helping God's son spread his light. And so the bottom line is I'm talking about is there's a symbolic story that has been put into <clears throat> the uh, historical context. So it's supposedly actually happened in history when in point of fact there was no history connected to Judaism, Christianity, or Islam. There's a just belief systems based on <clears throat> things that could go as far back as the ancient Hindu. On astrology and astrological calculations in the heavens, and the story of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam goes back to Hinduism, which is actually the story of the universe, of, of the whole, how it affects the heavens over the earth. <clears throat> to understand the stars, and the moon, and the planets, and the sun, and how they all affect us, and our belief systems. So that's what we're doing here. We're just talking about a symbolic story that people have mistakenly been taught to understand as actual history when there is no history. And that's why there's so much confusion. And the, and the churches have become known as denominations. This is where you divide up money is in denominations. And so this is what I have been looking at for some 60 years is the misrepresentation of the actual truth. And I feel that these are the days in which time now has come for truth to prevail and the people are know that they are not being told the truth. We now see that our governments have been lying to us our institutions, our banking institutions have been lying to us. Our military installations have been lying to us. My God, there's nothing that we have come up with as a human institution that has not been corrupted and lying to us. And so what makes you think that religion is not equally as, as vulnerable to this? Our religious beliefs are nothing more than belief systems based on uh, the old misunderstandings that we've been taught by Rome. The Roman Catholic Church gave us what we call today Christianity. Christianity came out of the Roman Empire. <clears throat> and when you begin to see the story in relation to astrology, it all begins to make sense. Now we see why Jesus' mother was a virgin, because one of the constellations of the Zodiac was Virgo. Virgo the Virgin, 
which was always promoted during the time of spring when the life would come back to the northern hemisphere. God's son came back. He, he, he promised he would come back and he came back and brought light into the world. He was the light of the world. And so we're just looking at these symbols and the ancient stories and for the first time trying to understand how they are just metaphors. Nothing to do with actual history, and that's why we're having the trouble we are today in America, because Americans are easily misled. They have been lied to and misled so many times, and that's why I am trying in a small way, my small way, to wake people to the fact that nothing that we have come up with as humans, institutions, is perfect. None of it. Our religions have been have been messed with. Our governments are lying to us. Our banking institutions are lying to us. The whole world is lying in the power of the evil one, the scripture said. The whole world is in the dark. And that's why people who want to try and shed some light on a subject are usually end up found dead somewhere or put into prison forever and never heard from again because the system is not interested in you telling the world the stuff that they have been trying to get people to believe and now all of a sudden because of you are coming along trying to intellectually and spiritually enlighten people you can go to prison they will find your body somewhere in a big city in an alley somewhere you talk too much, you think too much, and you're trying, and you're causing trouble for young people because the young people are thinking and they've got energy and they want to do things because they're energy. And so that's why we give the governments give them ball games. You know, send the kids out to play ball. Let them burn up their energy that way. Don't, you know, you don't need to teach these kids what's really going on, what we adults are really doing. Don't have to tell them all of that stuff. Give them some ball games. Let them go out and play basketball and beat each other up and fight each other on the, on the mound and fight each other in their games. <clears throat> That's why when you're going out and killing animals, you call it big game hunting. Right. And so, I've, I have understood some 60 years where this world has come from, where it is now, and where it's going. And I know that nothing new under the sun. The more we change, the more we stay the same. We're still believing the same old stuff. Well, and that's why I'm trying to do something to help people to wake up. No, and you...